Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. I'd like for us to make this confession of faith together that we make every Sunday. If you haven't received one of these cards, they're free to take. It's got these, this uh, confession on it, and we encourage you to speak this over your life daily. But let's say it out loud together. Say, thank you, Father, that today the eyes of my heart see you, the ears of my heart hear you. My heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today I am growing in the things of God. Do you believe that? You believe that you're growing in the things of God this morning? Because I do. Amen. And I tell you, Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, you can have whatever you say. You can have whatever you say, whatever you believe in your heart. If you'll be diligent to speak it out of your mouth, God will bring it to pass in your life. Amen. Isaiah chapter 61, the title of my message today is the spirit of comfort. The spirit of comfort. Isaiah chapter 61. I'm going to begin reading from verse 1 and read all the way down through verse 4, and I'd like for you to follow along with me. You can leave that music up, actually. I like that right now. Hallelujah. Isaiah 61. Verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Most of us read this passage and stop there. But I want you to look at what it says in verse 4 says, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. Isn't that amazing? Look what happens to those who receive the oil of joy for mourning. They rebuild things. They rise up and they conquer. You may be going through a challenging situation in your life. I don't know everybody in this room. I don't know what all you're facing. I don't know what all the enemy has done to you or what what kind of attack you may be going through. But I know that when we receive the strengthening of God, when the Spirit of the Lord comes and brings to us the oil of joy for mourning, we get to rise up and rebuild things that have crumbled. Amen? Let's look at this uh, verse. We're also going to go to John 14 in a few minutes, but... I want to talk to you today about the spirit of comfort. I don't want to go too terribly long today, but um, let's talk about this idea of the spirit of comfort. The Holy Spirit is, the, is the, the third member of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Y'all remember that, right, from when you were a little kid. 
The Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity, and he is described by Jesus in the New Testament as the comforter. And there's this theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation uh, that, that teaches us. There's this, it's like this thread of truth that runs through the whole of Scripture, that God is the God who comforts those who mourn. Amen? He comforts us when we need comforting. When we need joy, he brings and supplies joy. When we need grace, he brings and he supplies grace for our lives. And this scripture is a beautiful example of that. Let's look at, the, at verse three again. And let's talk about these different things that, uh, that Isaiah expresses about the spirit of God. The last line of verse two says, to comfort all who mourn. I think that's so important because it leaves nobody out. Amen. It doesn't say to comfort some who mourn. Doesn't say to comfort those who are really good in church attendance and uh, they'll be comforted. Doesn't say to comfort those who didn't get anything wrong this week, who didn't kick the dog or who didn't, you know, fight with their spouse or any, you know, if you were perfect this week, you qualify for comfort. No, it's not what it says. Matter of fact, comfort's usually not required for people who get it right all the time, right? Comfort's usually not required for somebody who's never been through anything, or who has just worked, you know, everything seems to work out. Now listen, if everything's going great in your life, praise God. I'm not here to condemn you. Pray, let, praise God. Ha, let's, let's have a party if everything's going good in your life. And, and it should be, right? That's, that's God's will for our lives, that things go according to what his word says. But you know what? Sometimes we stub our toe. Sometimes we have a challenging week. Sometimes we go through stuff. Amen. But what happens then? Well, God steps in because he's the comforter. He comforts those who mourn. What does he do? He comforts all who mourn, verse three, to console those who mourn in Zion. To console those who mourn in Zion. That word console literally means to appoint them. To appoint them. That's interesting. To, you could say it this way, to anoint them. To anoint them. Do you know there's an anointing for comfort? Amen? We, we often think of the anointing in terms of things that we need to do. Uh, in other words, God, anoints, God anointed David with strength and might to kill Goliath. That's true. That's one of the ways that the anointing is manifested. You know one of the other ways the anointing comes? Is to comfort. There's an anointing for those who mourn to be comforted. Amen? What a powerful thought. God goes out of his way. The Holy Spirit goes out of his way to comfort you. Amen? To console, to anoint all those who mourn in Zion. To give them, what? Beauty for ashes. What does that mean? That's a strange saying. Have you ever read the scripture and been like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> to give beauty for ashes. There was a song, if, if you grew up in church, and if you grew up in the kind of church that I grew up in, you listened to a guy named Ron Canoli. Anybody ever listen to Ron Canoli? Back in the 90s and the 80s. He wrote some great songs. He wrote a song, him and, him and a lady named Crystal Lewis sang a song called Beauty for Ashes. My mom used to sing it. 
she used to sing the, the, from the tracks. But this is like going back to late 80s church when you used to have special music on Sunday. And we're going to have Sister Bertha get up and sing, you know. And, and then they, they'll put on a track and then this poor woman would struggle through this song. And then everybody gives the obligatory clap at the end. And we're just like, man, I'm so glad this is over. You know, anybody been there? My mom actually can sing. She has a great voice. But uh, she, she used to sing this song, Beauty for Ashes. And, the, and the, the words I love, it says, He gives beauty for ashes, strength for fear, gladness for mourning, peace for despair. Absolutely awesome. What is that? Well, that comes right out of this scripture. But it's an odd phrase, beauty for ashes. What does that mean? Well, if you look at the context of the people that this scripture was written to, this was written to the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel were a very expressive, emotional people, which sometimes is really good and sometimes really not so good. A lot of times God had to correct them because of the way that they behaved. And other times, it, they, their emotion was exalting to God. They were loud. They were boisterous. They, you know, they, they, when they praised, they praised really loud. You know? um, so one of the practices that they had, this, this group of Israelites, the nation of Israel, one of the practices that they had was that whenever they went into mourning, they would, they would cover themselves in sackcloth and ashes. You know, you've heard that phrase before. Uh, they would cover themselves in sackcloth and ashes. Sackcloth, of course, would be like something like burlap, you know, something that you don't make clothes out of, but you use it for work. And they would, they would if they were going through some period of mourning, they would clothe themselves in something that wasn't meant to be made for clothes, in sackcloth. And then they would sit and they would wail and they would heap upon themselves ashes from a fire. Oftentimes, they would even mix oil into the ashes and throw that on themselves so that they would, they would you know, despair. One of the, we, we actually, in our culture, uh, in Anglican culture, there is a, a similar thing on Ash Wednesday. Anybody ever had Ash Wednesday where you get a little cross on your forehead with ashes? Um, that comes from Anglican culture, but it's borrowed from sackcloth and ashes. It's, to, it's a sign of mourning. Now, how many of you can imagine that if you are sitting around in a burlap bag covered in ashes, you don't look very attractive, right? Isaiah is saying that the Spirit of God, the anointing of God, remember it says he, he would anoint or appoint all who mourn. What is he going to do? When he finds you in mourning, he's going to find you in sackcloth. He's going to find you in ashes, and he's going to turn it around and make beauty out of it. He's going to, in the place of something that looks ugly, going to give to you beauty for your ashes. Amen? Beauty for your ashes. Oh, it's ashes today, but it's beauty tomorrow. Amen? We need to be encouraged. We need to be strengthened, not in a rude way, not in a hard way, but we need to never lose hope. I was thinking about this last week. I was driving in my car last week, and I was thinking, um, or actually, this is two weeks ago, sorry. Driving in my car two weeks ago, and I was thinking about how people get so depressed. You know, we live in a culture that's full of depression. You've heard me talk about this before. 
We have like staggeringly high statistics of depression in our culture, and there's a lot of reasons for that that I believe, and I'm right, so, um, you know, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> there, are, there are several reasons that I believe uh, people get depressed, but here's one thing that I recognized about depression. You want to know what it is all about? Depression happens when people lose hope. Depression doesn't necessarily happen to people that have a bad day, because everybody has bad days, so why isn't everybody depressed? Everybody has bad things that happen to them in their life, so why aren't they all depressed all the time? Depression happens when you let go or you lose hope, when you think you're at the end and there's nothing good going to come beyond where you're at right now. When you're in that moment, when you're in sackcloth and ashes, he gives beauty for ashes. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. Now watch. The oil of joy for mourning. Again, what, think about what I just told you about what these folks would do if they had something happen in their life that they were mourning. They would cover themselves with ashes, they would get in a burlap sack, and they would wail. Do you remember when Jesus is going to, um, to raise Lazarus from the dead? Do you all remember that? Do you remember what he encounters? He encounters a whole troop of Israelite women wailing. And this was something that they would do as they, remember, they're really expressive, emotional people. As they would take their dead to be buried, there would be an emotional procession of them carrying the body, and everybody that's in the procession is wailing. Wailing. They're mourning. It's interesting because I found that processions were a big thing in Hebrew culture, as I've studied some of this out. Processions were a big thing. They would have processions when they would... Uh, when they would be in mourning, they would also have processions when they would win something. So when they would win a battle, there was usually a huge parade. And it's interesting because if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, we don't have time to go there today, but you can write it down and look at it later. It says, thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph. And the word triumph is the word which would describe a victory procession. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in a victory procession. You may be having a funeral today, but there's joy on the other side of it. There's victory that's coming if you'll hold fast. Amen. To give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. You remember I said that sometimes they would put oil in the ashes so that the ashes would stick to them. He says, instead of that, he's going to give you the oil of joy for your mourning. The oil of joy. What's joy? What is joy? Is joy happiness? No. What is joy? Joy is contentment in every area of life. Joy is fulfillment no matter what we're in. That's joy. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a decision. Amen. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a decision. Happiness, let me say it to you this way, happiness is the fruit of joy. You plant the seed of joy in your heart and you'll reap the fruit of happiness. Amen. See, the kids just said amen. Did you hear that? 
That's why we need a new building. But it's good. They'll encourage me. Thank you, children. Thank you. Praise God. That was, I mean, that could not have been timed more perfectly. Wasn't that awesome? Amen. Hallelujah. Happiness is the fruit that you'll eat of when you plant the seed of joy in your life. And he brings the oil of joy, the anointing for joy comes to those who wait upon the Lord. Amen. He gives us the oil of joy for mourning. Watch this one. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise. I won't tell you what the joke was between Sean and I over this scripture when we were in youth group, but it was a good one. He'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why would he give you a garment of praise? Because you've been wearing burlap sacks for the last couple days, right? Right? He wants to change the situation that you find yourself in. God wants to take you out of the turmoil that you find yourself in. So he comforts those, and how does he comfort? He replaces all of the attributes of mourning. He replaces all of the things that, that, uh, that go along with this season of mourning. He comes with the oil of joy. He comes with the anointing of joy. He comes to give beauty instead of the ashes. He comes to bring you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. How do you and I get through tough seasons? How do we do it? How do we do it? We receive the garment of praise. It didn't say the garment of worship. Did you ever notice that? We are a culture that is fixated on worship, and it's awesome. I love it. But did you know that sometimes worship isn't what you need? I know I probably just, you know, made you angry, but I'm not trying to make you angry. You know that worship sometimes isn't what you need? Do you know that sometimes prayer isn't what you need? Sometimes you don't need to sit and study deep study in your Bible. You don't need to have deep intercessory prayer. Sometimes what you need is to praise God. Sometimes, see, listen, we, we, we get so one-track minded sometimes. I mean, I'm talking about me. I, you guys probably don't do this, but I do. I get into my routine and I go, okay, well, my quiet time usually looks like this, this, and this. And so if I'm going through a tough time or if I'm going through a difficult season or if I'm going through transition or if I'm, if I'm going through anything outside of the normal, let's, let's call it that. If I'm going through anything outside of the ordinary, I tend to stick to my routine. Well, we'll pray for five minutes and we'll read the Bible and then we'll worship for seven minutes and then we'll, you know, y'all do this too, don't you? What if instead of that... You just listen to the Holy Spirit and ask him, what do I need to do today? Give, me, give us this day our daily bread. What do I need to do right now? Because sometimes you just need to worship God. Sometimes you get into your quiet time and God will want you to do nothing but pray in the Holy Spirit. And then we get frustrated because we're like, yeah, but I didn't, uh, I didn't ask any specific requests. All I did was pray in tongues for 15 minutes. And God's like, that's exactly what you needed to do in that moment. And then sometimes you'll just sit and you'll just read your Bible for pleasure and you won't actually study it or anything like that. And then sometimes you'll dig down deep into it. And then sometimes God doesn't want you to do anything else but praise him. 
Because here's what I found about praise. Praise is the highest expression of thanksgiving. Last week, we talked about thanksgiving. Do you remember that? We talked about the benefits that come from a thankful life. Thanksgiving is a predecessor to a miracle. If you're looking for a miracle in your life, thanksgiving is the predecessor to that. Thanksgiving is the thing that leads, the, leads you into a miracle. Amen. Sometimes all we need to do is praise God. I like what one preacher used to say. He's gone home to be with the Lord, but he's one of my favorites, man, a spiritual father. He used to say, sometimes I just got to get out behind the barn and shout. Sometimes I just got to get out behind the barn, just get out where nobody can hear you. You just get into your car and roll up all the windows and drive down the parkway so that nobody will hear you scream out to God at the top of your lungs in praise. Oh, I know you think I'm crazy, but I do this. I did this the other day. I was, I was, uh, I pulled up a video on YouTube of uh, of a man that that I haven't heard him preach in years. He's another guy, general of the faith, has gone home to be with the Lord. His name was R. W. Schambach. Anybody ever heard of Schambach before? Um, I, I was standing in my room and I was like, I wanted to. I was getting ready to go somewhere, go to work actually. And I got about a 35-minute drive to work. And uh, so I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to Schombach. I haven't listened to him in a long time. I pull up the very first random video on YouTube. And he starts preaching. And I thought, dear God, he's preaching to me. This is a video that was like from 1994 or something like that. I thought, I'm in the, I'm in the meeting right now. He's preaching directly to me. And it got my heart so fired up. And I got filled with such a spirit of praise. I turned the video off, rolled the windows up, drove down the parkway, and shouted all the way to work. Oh, my God, it was awesome. Because sometimes all you need to do is praise. Sometimes we, again, we, we get into habits of things. Sometimes all you need to do is worship, and you don't need to praise. And God's just looking for that intimacy that comes from worship. And then sometimes you gotta rub it in the devil's face that he's defeated. Sometimes, and especially when you're in the midst of a challenge, especially when you're in the midst of a crisis, and when it feels like everything's just coming apart at the seams, and you don't have an answer for anything, sometimes in that moment, you gotta learn to just praise, and just rub it in the devil's face what a loser he really is. Amen. Miracles come from that. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Notice the language. The garment of praise for what? The spirit of heaviness. Do you know that the enemy will try and he'll succeed if we let him to make our lives heavy? Heavy. Anybody ever felt heavy before? I'm not talking about like the day after Thanksgiving. (sighs) Or me every Sunday after church. Yeah, of course we want mozzarella sticks. Yes, bring, them, bring us another one. Yes, please. Yeah, spirit of heaviness. Come on, lay it on me. No. No, did you ever go through a situation or a season or a challenge in life where you just feel heavy? What is that? That's when God, when, when the enemy, excuse me, is putting a burden on us that we're not created to carry. Sean, you touched on it just when you were praying before the offering. I believe that was the Holy Spirit. God wants to give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise when the enemy wants to come with heaviness. Amen. That they 
may be called trees of righteousness. Trees of righteousness. It's interesting to me, you can look all through the Psalms. You can look in different places in the New Testament, different places in the Old Testament, but particularly Psalms and like the book of Revelation and some different places. The scripture speaks of trees and it speaks of the righteous being like a tree. It's really interesting. Um, and and, and uh, I, I remember hearing a, a pastor talk about this. Um, I'm trying to remember what the reference is right now. Oaks of righteousness. Y'all remember where that is? Somebody who reads their Bible more than me tell me. What's, what's the oaks of righteousness passage? It's in Psalms and I don't remember which one. But anyways, I, heard, I remember hearing a, a preacher talk about being an oak of righteousness. And he talked about when he was... When he was first having kids, and they were, this was years and years ago, they lived way up in the mountains in Northern California, kind of far away from everything. And they used to heat their home, this was his story, they used to heat their home with wood, with, wood, with a wood stove. I was like, yeah, praise God, that's awesome. Um, and he said, we would cut our own wood, and we'd go find and harvest our own wood. And he said, we used to go to these areas where there had been logging that was done. And there was usually tons of wood that was just, just needed to be collected. And he said, you'd go down these old logging roads that weren't used anymore. And he said, uh, oftentimes what would happen is when the road hadn't been used for a while, new growth started to come up on the roads. And so you'd see all these different kinds of sapling trees that were growing that nobody had driven down this road in a while. And so a couple years, you got a little tree popped up. And he said it was really interesting because the pine trees, pine is a soft wood, and he said the pine trees, you could just drive right over top of them with your truck. Imagine, imagine driving over top of a little Christmas tree. And he said they'll just bend, and then once you go past them, they, they pop right back up. He said that's how a pine tree was. But he said, you, you hit an, he said you had to really pay attention because he said you hit an oak tree that's about three inches across, you've just damaged your vehicle, it's done. And he said that because he was teaching on this idea of being an oak of righteousness, a tree, the planting of the Lord, the Bible says in Psalm chapter one. And it says, it re reiterates it again here. The, an oak of righteousness is somebody that's firmly rooted, that, no, that even though they don't look very big on the outside, even though this tree was only a couple inches across, man, if you hit it, it ain't going anywhere. What does the oil of joy do in mourning? What does the garment of praise do for the spirit of heaviness? What is this anointing from God that brings joy when we're in the midst of our mourning? What does it do to us? It makes us like an oak tree. It makes us immovable and unshakable. It, 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 it makes us to where when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against it, and the enemy crashes into you, and guess who has to give? Not you. Why? Because you got the oil of joy. Oh, it's a, it's a time of mourning. It's a time where you feel weak. I understand. I've been there, man. I've been there. I've been there many times in my life, and I'm here to tell you, weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's hope. Don't lose your hope, man. God wants to bring in your life the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Don't lose hope. Don't get mad at God. Amen. Why? Because you, he's designed you to be called a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. 
Now what happens? What happens when that's the testimony of your life? What do you get to do? Verse four, you get to rebuild the old ruins. You get to go back to the place that was destroyed and rebuild it. You get to, watch this, watch this, stick, stick with me here. You get to go back to the desolate place that caused the mourning and rebuild it. Come on, man. You get to go back to the place of desolation and rebuild it. Amen? You get to go right back to the place where you thought you lost and reestablish it and rebuild it. And that place that looked like desolation now looks like victory and it's become a testimony to the world. Now watch this. Go with me to John 14. Oh, I got a lot to do in 12 minutes. Do you ever take too much time on one scripture when you're preaching? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. John 14. John 14. I keep hearing people whisper verse 16. Y'all are smart. You, you, read, you read your Bible. What? Oh, you looked up here. Oh, man. Here I thought we had a bunch of church members that knew the word. Oh, my bad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I didn't realize they put it up on the screen that fast. John 14, 16. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You guys are really quick back there. I love it. No, I'm, I'm literally, I'm turning and my face is down. I'm looking at my Bible and I keep hearing saying, 16, 16. I keep hearing people whisper it. I'm like, man, these people are in this thing. Y'all are flowing with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Aren't you glad you come to church and it's fun? Aren't you glad you don't come here and you just, you know, get more depressed when you leave? Praise God. John 14, verse 16. He says, I will pray. This is Jesus talking. Is it read in your Bible? Because it's read in mine. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who is that? The spirit of truth. Look at the very next verse. It's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? It's the spirit of comfort. It's the one who God has sent to comfort us when we mourn. It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. He will give you he, he, he will not reward you with since you earned it, right? Does he say give you or does he say a wage for all the good things you did? Mm -mm. Remember, people that need hope are not often the people that have done everything right. People that, have, people that are going through challenges. This is not for the perfect. Anybody in here perfect besides me? Praise God. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that, brother. I, I knew I'd have another sarcastic soul in the audience this morning. Praise God. No, nobody's perfect, right? So we don't deserve the Holy Spirit. That's the point. None of us deserve the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God's not something that we get from deserving. It's the gift of God sent to us just because he's that good and just because he loves us that much. I will pray the Father. This is an amazing statement. Jesus says, I'm going to go on your behalf to the Father, and I'm going to ask him to do something. 
I'm going to ask the Father to send you the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. I want to focus on these two words for just a second and then we'll close. Another helper. The word helper is actually often translated in the old King James and in some of the other Bibles, comforter. I will pray the Father and I will get, and he will give you or send you another comforter. Now we've been talking this morning about the God who comforts, the Spirit of God who comes and comforts us when we're, when we're mourning. And, and I, I think it's so interesting the way Jesus phrases this. I will send you or I will pray the Father and he will send another comforter. Now, I'll get to the word comforter in a moment, but I want to deal with this word another in the Greek for a second. In the Greek language, and this is another one that Sean and I learned. I think you'll, you'll probably already know where I'm going with this, bro. There's two words for another in the New Testament, in the Greek language. There's alos and heteros. Alos means another of the same kind, Heteros means another of a different kind. All right? So if there's a couple that's married, a man and a woman, they are a hetero couple, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be gross. I just want to make the point. I want to make the point, seriously. Heteros in the Greek and in the Latin means a, a different kind. Alos is another of the same kind. Which of the two do you think Jesus used here when he said another? Alos. He said, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter of the same kind. In other words, he said, I'm not, I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to leave. Because when I go, there's another one of exactly the same substance, of exactly the same kind, that's going to come and abide in you. In other words, Jesus was saying, I can't get in your heart. I, I, I can't fit inside your heart, but I'm gonna send one who can. And he's exactly like me. You know, the Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. The, the two are one. And he said, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another of the same kind. When you receive the Holy Spirit in your life, you don't have a lesser version of Jesus. You have the same miracle power that Jesus walked in, except now he lives in you. The same anointing. That's why Paul makes these kinds of wild statements like in Romans 8 and 11. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same substance, the same anointing, the same power that walked on water lives in you. The same power that spoke life into Lazarus' deadness and caused him to raise up. That same spirit now lives in you. He sent you another of the same kind. You don't have a deficient Holy Spirit. You don't have, you might have got saved yesterday. You don't have the Holy Spirit Junior on the inside of you. You don't have Holy Spirit version 1.0. And you got to serve in the church for six years and then you get upgraded. No, you got the same miracle working power in you right now that raised Jesus from the dead. What's he going to do? He's going to comfort. He's going to comfort. Another of the same kind who will be your comforter. Now, 
the word comforter, as it's translated here, the word helper, is this word parakletos in the Greek. Yes, I will spell it if you'd like me to. Parakletos. I can, I can spell it for you. Parakletos, it's a compounded Greek word, comes from two words, para, which means alongside, Kletos, which comes from the original Greek word kaleo, which means to call. Okay? <clears throat> Para kaleo. Parakletos means called alongside. That's what this word helper or comforter means. Have you ever felt like you needed help and so you called someone to come alongside you? It's interesting. Um, this same concept, this is a little side thing. Men, you can remember this for our marriage study in a couple weeks. When the Bible talks about the wife, the woman being the helpmate to her wife, or to her husband. God. <laughs> it's an interesting Sunday here at HCCC. When the scripture talks about the wife being the helper to her husband, it uses the same Greek word. It's one who's called alongside to facilitate, to help. Have you ever cried out to God and said, help? What does he do in that moment? He sends the one whose job it is to help when you need him. He sends another of the same kind. Just like, have you ever thought to yourself, man, I wish Jesus himself would help me today. I wish that, man, my life would be so much easier if I knew Jesus was walking next to me. I, my life would be so much easier if I could just turn and ask Jesus his opinion about the situation that I'm in. Wouldn't that be cool? Guess what? That's the reality that you and I live in. Except it's not the physical Jesus standing next to you. It's another of the same kind living in you. That same spirit of truth, he lives and abides within you forever. Look at the rest of this verse. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who is he? He's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him and he dwells with you and will be in you. Watch this. This is the payoff. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. How are you going to come to me, Jesus? The Holy Spirit is going to come and live in you. He's going to be on you and in you and around you. He's going to fill your circumstance with his presence. And he's the helper. He's the comforter. He's the one who's going to be in, with you in the most trying moments of life. He's the parakaleo, the parakletos, the one who is called to come alongside. You know, anybody ever try to move furniture? Anybody ever try to move furniture by yourself? What, I, I remember I was helping a friend move a couch. And his couch was too big for the two of us. And so we called to our friend who was taking some other boxes. And we said, bro, come help us carry this load. What is that? That's a helper. That's a comforter. That's somebody who's called alongside of you. This is interesting. Um, this word 
This Greek word was used in military fashion all the time to describe the, the Roman phalanx. You've ever heard that word phalanx? It's a, it, it was these, these hundred man units of Roman soldiers that would travel together. And they, they did this in the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire. They had shields that were just about tall enough, to, or just about as tall as each man. And each shield was made to fit each man. And what they were made to do was to be, when they, were, when they were marching together, they were made, they actually, some of them had buckles so that the shields would clamp together and would form like a wall. So you can imagine 100 Roman soldiers, 10, 10 rows of 10 marching, and every one of them has a shield that links perfectly with the guy that's next to him. And these, this shield setup, these men were called paracletes. They were called alongside of one another so that when they went into battle, nobody went alone and everybody had an equal shield in front of them, equal protection for everybody. And that group of 100 guys couldn't be penetrated from any direction. That's who the Holy Spirit is for you and me, the paraclete. He's the helper. He's called alongside and he'll get in the ditch with you and he'll put his shield next to your shield and he'll be arm in arm with you and he'll comfort you through every battle and through every challenge that you go through. Glory to God, that's who he is. He's the helper. He's the comforter. He'll be with you. He'll abide in you. He'll never leave you forever. He'll be there. Amen. I... I think this is such an amazing revelation, such an amazing reality that sometimes we lose track of. Amen. I don't know everybody in the room. I don't know what you may be going through. I don't know the challenges that you may have. But I know the answer to every challenge. I know the answer to every season of mourning. And if you'll, if you'll get with God, if you'll call out to the Holy Spirit and just say, help, I'm thinking of the Beatles song, help. I need somebody, help. Not just anybody. Amen. When I was younger, so much younger. Than... Anyways. We all need help sometimes, don't we? We need help. And the Holy Spirit is the perfect helper. He's the perfect paraclete. He's the perfect comfort. He comes just at the right moment. And brings exactly what you need, the oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He anoints you and he appoints you and he establishes you so that when you've been comforted by him, when you've learned how to praise your way through a dark moment, you get to go back to the dark moment and rebuild it. Glory to God. That can be you this morning. That can be me this morning. Let's stand up and praise God for a minute. What do you say? Oh, come on, let's, let's stand up and just be bold for a moment. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands before heaven. Come on, in spite of everything you might be feeling, in spite of everything you're going through, I wanna help you. I wanna help you, I wanna help you to praise your way out of darkness this morning. Father, we praise you and we exalt you in the face of every challenge, in the face of every circumstance, in the face of everything that we may go through that tries to take our eyes off of you. God, we're praising you right now.
We praise you because you're awesome. We praise you because you're mighty. We praise you because your presence is more than enough. We praise you because your word is is forever settled and it'll never change. We praise you because you're alpha and omega. You're the beginning and you're the end. You, Father, we praise you today because you are highly exalted, because you are the glorious God. We praise you because you have all authority in all heaven and earth. We praise you because your enemies must bow before you. They must be submitted to you. Father, we praise you today because you are what the Bible calls the balm of Gilead. You are the the comforter. You are the one who brings peace. We praise you because you're the prince of peace. We thank you for the peace which passes all understanding that it would govern and guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We thank you, God. We praise you in the midst of every circumstance, in the midst of every problem, in the midst of every challenge, in the midst of everything that we've seen and everything that we've felt. God, in everything that we may even feel this moment, we praise you in the midst of that because you're still good. You're still good. You're still God and it's going to be all right and it's going to be better than it is today and than it was yesterday. In Jesus' name, we praise you, exalted king. We praise you, mighty God, because you're great and your name is great and you are greatly to be praised. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.